Hello and welcome to Vampire TV, your best podcast for early age due process. We are here to talk about what? Young Justice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're dumb. We are here to talk about two I'm episodes of Luke Cage. Uh, a, a while. Yeah. It's fine. I think I, mean, I am it hilarious. Was very well done. Thank you. Anyway, I am your host, Kenneth, and around the table we have Beatrice. Yes, that's me. And Monica. I'm here. And we're here to talk about two episodes of Luke Cage because we are way behind and uh, Iron Fist is out now. The latest Winona Earp, a young justice, and Monica will regale us with Preacher because she is soldiering on. So mm. let's. You can't see it, but I am saluting her. <laughs> I I always like dread having to watch it, but then once it starts, I'm like, all right, I do. Like I know. This I feel show. like every week you've had a good time with yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just like like the emotional prep of starting well, it is really heavy lifting and then it starts and I'm like, oh, right. Well, <laughs> let me tell you a story about every week in our house where I say, hey, Monica, we should do our homework. <laughs> Quiet! And I'm she's like, how about we watch literally anything else? <laughs> and I have to basically hogtie her and sit on her to make her watch these shows that I know she likes. I do like them. It's because it's called homework. It's because I have a genetic she has aversion. to do it. Yeah, and got them learning herpes. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm breaking out right now. It was already. We were she like is, it's halfway gross. through a really good episode of Luke Cage, and I turned to her and I was like, "What if we watched Wonder Woman though? What, what is wrong with you right now? And watched Wonder Woman. <laughs> what if we watched Four Weddings and a Funeral? What if we watched? Have you ever seen Nine Saving to Five? Private Ryan? What if we watched? You have a problem. <laughs> and so every week, it's no. We're gonna watch this. So without me literally forcing her to watch Preacher, because I don't watch Preacher, it, does. it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it takes much Look, more willpower. You guys should take Laura out for coffee or drinks, because that girl got me through grad school. I did not do anything unless she sat down on me and made me do my homework. <laughs> my God. Yeah, I only had a final dissertation or whatever the fuck it was called, because like she made me. Yeah, I'm glad we don't live in a bigger house. If I had to, like, climb stairs and make her come downstairs to watch TV, <laughs> I'd just be throwing shit at your door. It's not even that. Like, I'll sit on the couch and do it. But I'm just like, what if we did this instead? Because it's called homework. Jesus. What if we called it, I don't know, cookie time? Fan pal fun time. <laughs> because I know I still have an assignment. Okay. And I like procrastinating. I was supposed to build a timeline, and I was supposed to do it at, like, 1030. I did it at 515. That seems right. Yeah, seems that's right. good. Seems it right. wasn't due good looking until the out. end of the day. My God. All right. Do we uh, do we have any news? So we got first looks of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Boom. <sighs> I like him as an actor. I Boom. don't care about the Joker at all, so Correct. I'm conflicted. Let me tell you, I enjoy the character of the Joker in certain circumstances. Um, I mean, I honestly, I love. The original Michael Keaton Batman with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. I like The Dark Knight. There are certain runs of Batman that I where I really enjoy the Joker. I like Scott Snyder's version of him in Batman Endgame. I thought it was was great. But the Joker is not supposed to have a real name and a backstory. Yeah, the Joker just, is supposed to be a force of nature. Mm-hmm. He's just supposed to exist. He cannot be defined, contained, or controlled. In any way, which was what was so great about the Dark Knight is mm-hmm. like he's literally just running. He showed around up and was like, "Let me cause chaos stuff. now." Yeah. Like that moment when he's like, "Look at me! Does it look like I have a plan?" Like, yeah, yeah. And so this idea of writing this <laughs> this gritty, 
character story about the, t- the tail of a man. She read, she read me the like the one single sentence description or whatever, and by the end of it, I was like, "Kill me with a brick." Yeah, it's basically like doesn't it say "left behind by society"? It's literally like a Trump hat wearing white dude forgotten voter movie bullshit. Might as well be called white man's pain. Yes, and so like the, the more I read about it, the less I care because mm-hmm. this is. If you could distill all the things I hate about the Joker, I mean, I feel like you have him... And white boy fans. Yeah. I mean, if this movie includes him smacking Harley Quinn and shooting Barbara Gordon, it will contain all the things I hate about the Joker. (laughs) But yeah, that's my uh, my little diatribe. I don't give two shits about this movie. Um, I have a good piece of information. Tomorrow on the morning shows, uh, they will release a trailer for Captain Marvel. Ooh, Ooh, cool. Brie Larson is going to bring it to one of the godforsaken 4 to 8 a.m. morning shows. That's awesome. <gasps> 4 a.m. Yeah. That's also way too early. No. That's gross. I don't like uh, it. My girl at work, Felicity, watches the Today Show in the morning, and she ends up like saving our ass at trivia over the stupidest shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that she happened to see on the Today Show last week. It, it covers a, a ton of oh stuff. Oh, my God, so much. Um... Well, so we are less than a month to all our normal shows coming back, and that's exciting. Black Lightning! Black Lightning! Black Lightning! Also, I know we don't cover it on this show, but starting at the end of, I think it's next week, Sean William Scott starts on Lethal Weapon. Ah! Oh, man. I'm so excited! Yeah. They have these tiny teasers, and one of them is him in a flak jacket, kind of sweaty and dirty, guns out with a gun out. And I'm just like, hello. Yeah, I need to... I, I'm probably going to get back into that show oh, because I, I love Sean William Scott. I just am going to because they gave shot. They gave Stifler a weapon. Well, and I, I was and sure. I thought they were just going to make him Riggs and roll on. But the no, he's new. Yeah, the promo we saw said new partner. Mm-hmm. So probably you can just jump right in at the beginning of season three. and yeah. you don't have to rewatch it. We of still it. get Murtaugh with I should have retired and I'm too old for this shit. But like we get a new version of Crazy Pants mm-hmm. McGee. Yeah, it, it looks pretty delightful. I'm very excited. Also, Sean Williams Scott. Yeah. Where have you been? Okay, so speaking of uh, partners like that, let's talk about Luke Cage. Hey-o. And Danny Rand actually shows up. And man, I loved this episode. This was great. I was so happy. I need them just rolling around, needling each other more. Because uh, I, know, I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, but the thing that makes me so crazy about most of the the DC shows, is that nobody ever seems like they're friends. Mm-hmm. You know? You you feel like it's a bunch of assholes jammed in a room together that have to get along, but they secretly hate each other the whole time. I, I feel like you're projecting Arrow onto all of them. Okay. Because, like, Flash... Oh, no, sorry, not shows, movies. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no. yeah, that makes total sense. No, like, like in, in the movies, where we don't... It doesn't. It never feels like we give them enough time to actually become friends. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's an inherent problem with movies in general, though. Yeah. And it, DC's doubled down on not having nearly as many movies out before they start crossing over like mm-hmm. Marvel did. So you're just stuck with these people that have had almost no development at all. So there's no reason for them to be friends. And yeah. it's dumb. Which, yeah, which means there's no emotional payoff. I, so I don't, I don't care about them if they don't care about each other. Mm-hmm. So I, so I, I really liked in this one 40-minute episode... That we get to see them actually be bros. That they they talk honestly with each other. They give each other good advice. They listen. They worked w- really well together. Yeah. Yeah, and I like... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I really kind of feel like the, the writers maybe took a decent amount of feedback from season one of Iron Fist. Because we're mm-hmm. seeing even here, I think 
hear the it, it's kind of weird since we saw them out of order but i think this laid the groundwork for why danny's doing what he's doing in season two of iron fist because luke's talking to him about like hey you know it's it's cool that you're out here pounding the pavement but yo you've got a shitload of money man you can be doing stuff with that mm-hmm. it it's a privilege mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's really nice to see that being talked about i think i think part of that for me is why I was giving a slight bit of side-eye to the first episode of Iron Fist, where he's like, yeah, I'm not taking my money, and I'm working a real job, and I'm, like, being a real person. And part of it is that you can't that you, you can't pretend that money doesn't exist just by not using it. Oh, sure. So doing <laughs> nothing with it feels disingenuous, but having a real job that you use to support yourself, and then also using that privilege that you have to do good things, that feels like the right amount of hero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we may definitely see him get to that. Like, mm-hmm. th- this could be the start of season two of Iron Fist is him just kind of overcompensating because, you know, maybe Luke got under his skin. And so he's like, okay, I need to actually see what it's like to just be, you know, supporting myself off of a minimum wage job type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like you, Kenneth, but spoiler, he doesn't. Oh, sad day. Yeah. Have you seen further in it? No, Gavia tweets about it because she has to cover it for the Daily oh, okay. Dot. And she, one of her tweets was like her being pissy about the fact that he has all this money and he wanders around like fighting bad guys, but he doesn't do anything with the money to stop the bad guys from needing to be bad guys. I mean, that's the... Batman conundrum no, yeah, also. Yeah. It's like, Iron Man. That's every rich person not, in comics. No, I know. I'm not saying it's like him specifically. I'm just saying like as much as we wish Danny could not be that way, mm-hmm. be more like maybe he is in the comics because I feel like he's more philanthropic. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. We only read that I, one Aja run. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, we're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. God forbid anybody do anything philanthropic with their billions of dollars in their cape. Oh, yeah. That's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Sorry, friends. Yeah. What else happened in this episode? They wandered around. They, like, talked to each other. They got good ideas off each other. They meditated. They meditated. He fucking told him to stop fighting angry because he fights like an idiot. Yeah, he pushed Luke around. I really like him just kind of throwing Luke around also when they're up on, I think, on top of a university. Yeah, or or they're (laughs) the top of Harlem near Columbia. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that, that was fun to see because, you know, it's... It, it, Luke still has a lot of that anger issues that mm-hmm. Claire left him because of, and it's good to see somebody else calling him out on it also and kind mm-hmm. of reinforcing, hey, this is going to destroy you from the inside if you keep this well, going. I also liked the way in which he talked to Luke about it. It wasn't, you have to stop doing this because it'll destroy you. It's, you have to get a handle on this mm-hmm. or it will destroy mm-hmm. you. You know, it wasn't change everything that you are or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Re rechannel it. Yeah. And I felt, I honestly, I thought that their fight scene together in the factory was excellent. Oh, man. It was so great. Because I was thinking about how you have to really change your tactics when you're fighting with someone versus Versus when you're fighting alone. Mm -hmm. Because you have to take all of their stuff into account and make sure that they're not getting swarmed while you're fighting one dude. Mm -hmm. And so them fighting next to and around each other was really cool to watch. I always like when you see people do that and they utilize each other's strengths. Like, legitimately, in Avengers, that one long scene where oh, yeah. Iron Man flies through the entire battle and you see them all working together. Yeah. And then he stops for a minute and him and Cap use the shield and, like, Thor and Cap know how to use the shield together and all that stuff I really enjoy. So watching the two of them get to use their very different but vaguely similar powers 
together and separate would be mm-hmm. cool. And then obviously when they did it together. Oh yeah, and he's that all okay. patty cake. Yeah, so awesome. <laughs> that looks sick. And plus, just the the whole color of that scene where you know it's like very shades of purple and blue, and yeah, yeah, and then like Danny's fist is glowing and Luke stalking through it. Like it was just gorgeously shot. We also really liked that Luke entered that fight hood down and Danny entered it hood up, which is so different for Luke because usually, like in the first season especially, mm-hmm. he fought with his hood up all the time. Yeah, yeah. They uh to get to there, they went and visited Turk. Turk, and I who's love like Turk. A legit business. Yeah, and he's, he's like, but he- <laughs> I see where the market's going. Yeah, and that was great. And he he saw Danny's chi, which was like, okay, that's weird, but I dig it. He, oh, he said something like, uh, "You've got a dope aura" or something. Oh, that yeah. was so cool. Oh, Turk. yeah, yeah. Turk's delightful. <clears throat> I like that Danny picked up the the dragon pipe and was like, "I like this." Yeah. One. All right. And Luke asking him, <laughs> like, "Did you actually fight a dragon?" And Danny's like, "Yo, you're you're indestructible." I've got a like explodey fist, and you think that's, that's the, the thing weird you thing? Have a with? Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just a really solid episode. It I, was nice. I'm sad that going into the next one, Danny's not around. I I had thought, and th- this was just my own preconceived expectations. I thought I he was like three too. episodes or so. I thought he'd be in an arc. Yeah, I get like him only showing up for one, I guess. But like, I would have liked if he'd stuck around a little longer. Yeah. Though that was a very kind of like light episode. Not like mm-hmm. hearted, but it wasn't as heavy. And the next one is just starts out with like a dozen people murdered, yeah, kind of a thing. So like, oh, well, um, no, this one ends with the. Uh... No, but I mean, the second one opens with Luke standing in the car. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I mean. like, yeah, him and Danny beat up a bunch of guys in a warehouse or whatever. But in the next up, Luke is literally standing in a river of blood. Yeah, yeah, and so what else? Yeah, we have a uh, Misty and what's his face Ridley figure out that uh that other lady is, is a dirty cop mm-hmm. she gets arrested misty <laughs> punches her in the face and i was so happy oh yeah you know because... missy's been waiting to do that for months oh yeah yeah we we liked their conversation because missy's talking about how they were in basketball or whatever together mm-hmm. and she's like team first and the two of us together at the same moment we're like what because she literally just sold out her entire team for money. And then Missy basically did the same thing mm-hmm. and pointed out, all you've ever cared about is yourself. You've never cared about the team. Yeah. yeah. That, because I could I could already see it coming that she had sold her friend out so that she could get her spot up. But to find out that she had manipulated her friend into doing that just so that she could send her down the river. Ugh. Fucking so shitty. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing, though, is she's she's obviously got... She's gotten karma for everything. Like, she did that thing, and then she got injured in the third quarter, and Misty ended up being the one. Oh, yeah. And then in this one, she was a cop, and she was good, but then Misty showed up, and she got weird and jealous, sold them all out, and now she's going to prison, mm-hmm. and Misty is, like, the head of this department now. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's she's going to be chief. Yeah. So, yeah, which like, is pretty sweet. Yeah. Although, also, I'm sad, because that makes it less likely she's just going to be a hero for hire. Mm-hmm. Which I just want in my life. I just want that show. Like, I like Luke Cage show. I'm actually kind of digging Iron Fist show, but like, smush them together into a single show. I, honestly, I I had the same thought where I thought, oh man, now she's she's not going to join the team. But I do kind of love the idea of a police precinct led by somebody who understands like what's going on and can have Luke's back. That is true. Yeah. And especially, you know, maybe if they start up Hero for Hire, like, it could be a semi, you know, like, how PIs often work with the police. Like, mm-hmm. they could be essentially independent super contractors. Yeah. Which could be pretty cool. 
that could be awesome. Okay, yeah, okay. Okay, I feel better about that. <laughs> I'm glad I could see yes, that. Yes, you, you. you have convinced well, I mean, me. We see so often that the people in charge of things don't know what's going on, and it's like the low-level people who are trying to like move around and hide it, mm-hmm. i.e. Teen Wolf, where everyone in that sheriff's apartment dies because no one tells them there's fucking werewolves. Where if they had known, they could be better protected and protect themselves. Yeah. So this idea that Misty could be in charge and kind of give everyone the lowdown on, like, this is what we're actually dealing with. Less mm-hmm. people would die. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. If she's like, look, I know there's going to come, there's going to be a call and you're going to want to go, but you I'm telling you right me. now that the people over there breathe fire and you can't go in. <laughs> don't, don't go in there. <laughs> so we're going to send Luke instead. It's going to be fine. I'm almost at a point where, like... I get what Luke's supposed to be, but it would almost be great if he was a cop again. He's at all these fucking crime scenes anyway. He could go first through the door. You know what I mean? Like, maybe a consultant of some kind, where he has some official status. Yeah, let's make him like a Harry Dresden consultant. Yeah. Mm. You know, okay. don't give him a badge or whatever, but like, he needs to be working with them more than he has before. And he's doing it now, because Misty is like, in charge, but... I feel like a lot more would be easier if they just consulted each other. Yeah. Although then you get into the problem of, like, NYPD historically has had a very large problem with people of color. So it it could be sending a kind of weird message if your black superhero is working for the cops now completely. Like, I I don't know. It's a tough line to balance, I think. The optics of that for the people in Harlem might not be great. Oh, even being a consultant probably wouldn't be great. Yeah, you yeah. you work for the cops. I can't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, he can't even do that then. Well, it's fine. Yeah, I I kind of like the the line he's bouncing right now, where you know he shows up because he knows, especially he knows like Misty's doing important work and mm-hmm. isn't dicking people over, but he has that autonomy to just kind of at any point say, no, you know, I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing on for this one. Okay, I think we we need to talk about the most important aspect of this episode. Which was the fact that Mariah Blue, the best thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. And Shades walked. Yeah. Yeah. Mariah, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, so... Uh, She's so good at sabotaging her own life. Yeah. I know, right? I I kind of viscerally, like, feel that. Although, I mean, same. <laughs> I literally can't go three months without something happening to me that probably could have been prevented if I wasn't an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. So, yeah, her just wanting, running around making the absolute worst decision that just you like, can make. one after another after another. If you would just listen to your boy, he's giving you good advice. And all he does is care about you. Yeah. But no. Instead, they uh, head over to Jamaican restaurant with Bushmaster's uncle. Kill, they think, everybody there. She friggin' sets the uncle on fire and then shoots him. And I'm just like, my, oh my god. My one note about that, excellent CGI on that guy on fire. Actually, he looked yeah. very on fire. It was <laughs> it looks great. unsettling. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the yelling. Yeah. Oh my god, he would not stop screaming. I mean, I would scream if I was on fire. Yes. A that's, lot. That's the problem, is that uh, I remember reading stuff about people who were burned at the stake, and you always wanted to ask for really green wood, oh, because yeah. then you would die yeah, then you pass out. Yeah. yeah. Because just burning to death takes forever. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Go yeah, on, it a... hurts until you get through like the seventh layer of skin and the nerves are all burned off. Oh yeah, once you're down to the bone. Yeah. But then it stops hurting, but also like you have to yeah. sit through the first seven. Yeah. That's uh, so bad. It's not great. Yeah, the one plus side that uh that 
bouncer dude that's been a kind Sugar. of recurring character. Yeah, he he walked before this happened. I like that where he was like, "I'm fucking out of here," and that dude's like, "I'll shoot you." And I like how he's like, "Do it, man. This has gone too far." Mm-hmm. Well, Sugar has babies. He's got a wife. Like he's got shit he has to take care of. Yeah, he needs. Yeah, he needs. He seems to have understood in that moment that things were progressing rapidly downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to jump ship. Yeah. So. I also like that that's what broke Shades. Shades is with her till the end, and then she killed 12 people for nothing. Yeah, it, because, you know, he's, for the most part, okay with killing people. Although well, he kills bad getting... people. He doesn't kill innocent people. Well, I'd say he kills people that have broken the code, right? There you go. Code mm-hmm. of the streets. Right. Or he kills his rivals, but they're also bad people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then killing, I think killing Chi was the beginning of the end for him, where it, it really started getting under his skin. Yeah. Um, See, yeah, because that was, you could tell how much he did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then afterward to be, have to stand around and watch while people died who had done no wrong to him or his. Yeah, most and of them were completely they were innocent just people. eating dinner. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Let's get your bacon. Not tonight, babe. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, and I really liked his, his, um, calling her out on that because that really made sense to me. Because, like you said, he's a guy who we've seen kill people for small slights. And, but you, but it's, it's, um, people who, who came and who stepped to him, you know, who insulted him. I have him. to say again, it's bad people. Like, he kills people in their world. Mm-hmm. For small shit that doesn't seem yeah. to matter. Other mm-hmm. criminals. But we've never seen him kill an innocent person or just like a bystander. Yeah. So that made that made sense to me that when he said, "No, you broke the rules," because he seems like a man who is governed by many rules. I think it's the only way he keeps himself in check. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking murder robot, and I think he knows that about himself. If you let him slide and be as angry as he is, he'd just kill the world, and yeah. so he doesn't. So I'm I'm really interested into what interested to see what's going to happen next because you could see how shook he was the way his hands were shaking and how upset he was mm-hmm. he had to kill angry yeah yeah well plus side we're going to talk about what happens next because we're jumping to episode 11 no those are the two that we saw what that was it we watched two episodes oh, no, yeah he's talking about moving from the first one to the second one we're on the second one i know really aren't we no i mean all pretty much all of that was just end of first episode um no, because the first episode ended with them shooting up the diner. Yeah. And the second episode is, like, him and her breaking up and him going after Angry and... Oh, sorry. For, uh, that's who Angry was. I, I couldn't sorry. remember. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have been more specific. Yeah, but, well, yeah. I mean, you have the entire him, like... Well, her getting... I, I don't know. Like, you think for somebody who had such a visceral reaction to Cornell making fun of her sexual stuff mm-hmm. she wouldn't do the same thing to shades but uh, you know maybe it's know. like the abuse rolls downhill type a thing a lot of stuff like that is someone hurt you in this fashion mm-hmm. and someone that you care about comes at you you're gonna do the same yeah so yeah. that sucked yeah i think it it feels to me like she knows how much that hurts and in that moment all she wanted to do was hurt him mm-hmm. and so she knew it would land yeah. it was that it wasn't about what was done to her it was how can i hurt this guy who i believe has hurt me mm-hmm. it's gross i don't Ugh, like it which it was garbage because like you can have that kind of relationship with a person at any time it mm-hmm. shouldn't be used that way yeah yeah well he so uh luke finds finds ingrid first angry uh, it's not ingrid does it say does it well, it says ingrid in here really maybe maybe it's 
just slang pronunciation on it. I don't think her name was Ingrid. Well, yeah, because they always they always pronounced it Ingrid. Well, I thought that was a nickname for what her name actually was. Oh, maybe her real name is Ingrid. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they they find uh, Auntie. Yeah. And um, Luke's trying to keep her safe. Shade catches up with her, uh, gets her alone, almost kills her, and then is like, "Oh nope, I'm I'm having a crisis of everything right now. Mm-hmm. I'm out." Goes back to Mariah. They fight. He he chokes her out a bit. It is. I thought for a second that's what was going to happen, and then we were stuck with um, Bushmaster as the bad guy. You mm-hmm. know, how, like the first season, the first half was the better mm-hmm. bad guy. I thought that they were going to do that again. I honestly wasn't sure when they're they're tussling on top of the desk. I I thought it was a fifty fifty shot that he would either kill her or they or were going to bone, bone down. Yeah, right. Yeah, just have some real good hate sex. But no, then he just he just. Oh, yeah, shit, her off. name was Ingrid. I know. My bad. I apologize. Sorry uh, for doubting you, Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, so, so uh, he rolls out, tracks down Misty, and it was all... Oh, and it's Bailey, not Ridley. What? Is Detective it... Bailey. Oh, who? Oh, is it Bailey Ridley? Is Ridley No, it's Mark Bailey. Oh. The white dude. Ridley is, like, the captain? Is that who you meant? I thought you meant her, the white partner. Oh, no, no. Yeah, Ridley's the captain. The current captain. He's yeah. not the permanent captain. Yeah, the, the temp one. Yeah, anyway. Sorry. Can we talk about the flashbacks? This yeah, been, so like, we got a lot of yeah, a lot of flashbacks for Bushmaster as a what young teen? Probably. I would like to say whoever did the casting. Dude, yeah, that was great. He looked super good. Holy shit balls! It was they weird. They all looked like they would have looked back then. Yeah. Like the lawyer guy too looked exactly the same, and whoever they hired a guy who could do the same kind of like over enunciation to like seem smarter. Mm-hmm. And then um. Uncle Pete was Uncle Pete. That was fine. Yeah. Mom, who gives a shit? Um, but like, even the girl that they, they cast to be Mariah, the way that she said, can you get me a drink was the way that fucking Alfred Woodard tells people to get her a yeah. drink. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. They were on point with this. Loved it. And yeah, his, that kid's facial structure, you could see how it could have aged into the guy who plays Bushmaster. Mm-hmm. Well, and I did like that they just said, mid 80s they're like don't yeah, be doing no don't, math don't worry yeah. about this. it's fine <laughs> it's fine this is flashback town they could have literally just said a while ago and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. sure. <laughs> sure why not it's, sure why it's not. been a minute it's fine yeah so we we find out bushmaster was vaccinated most everyone else mm-hmm. who had that vaccine died, died. Oh, well, died everyone else who had that vaccine died he did not which sucks because there's a lot of babies yeah it reminded me of they the, the stuff on Black sad. Lightning, how they gave all those black kids in that town fake vaccines. Mm-hmm. Look, man, this is how Whitey works. We're Wasn't terrible. That, it's probably a CIA. Wasn't that... Okay, I'm, I feel like there was a thing in history where that actually happened. Wasn't it Tuskegee? Oh, um, I was thinking about kids specifically. Kids? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, no, Tuskegee too. Yeah. Anyway, um, he made it and he lived. And then he got shot in the belly twice. Fucking mm-hmm. Uncle Pete. Fucking, Fucking Uncle Pete. What? Uncle Pete. A piece of garbage. So glad he's dead. Yeah, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. Though, you know what else we found out is, like, legitimately, Bushmaster might be the good guy. Just because of the way well, that... Well, not good guy, but just... More, no. <laughs> the more information we find out about his past, the more we're shown that, like, he and his family thought they had a real deal. They mm-hmm. thought they were mm-hmm. doing this thing together. But Mama Mabel and her, like, ambitious bullshit 
basically destroyed their entire. Oh family. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, it's definitely in the category of cool, cool motive still yeah. murder. Yeah, right, for right, sure. Right, right. Like I, we he's about got a legitimate episode. complaint. Yes. But I like how they're doubling down. They're like, no, Mariah is actually poison. Mm-hmm. Like she keeps trying to convince you that she's not, and the show itself kind of trick, trying to trick you that she's not. But she comes from a den of snakes, and she is. A well, I mean, the, the problem with Mariah is what happened wasn't her fault for the whole Bushmaster family stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But she's also a super shitty person yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel <laughs> like well, she's being what she was trained to be. Yeah. And she has, we've seen her have the ability to make a choice to not be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they had that whole deal with Atreus Plastics set up. She could have walked away. Oh, yeah. But she's, she's like, tripling down. Well, yeah, she's I mean, sitting like, on half a billion dollars now. right she now. She could just leave. She could literally just, like, I don't know, beef up security at Harlem's Paradise and just be a club owner. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. You, She keeps talking about how she does this for Harlem and all she no, wants is no. for Harlem. It's like, you've I'm got sorry. half a billion dollars, yo. You could be doing amazing Literally, stuff with, for with Harlem. With half a billion dollars, you could turn Harlem into the new Manhattan. Like, it could be, like, the upper west side if you really wanted to. I don't, I don't think you know how much it costs to make a building. You're not wrong. Um, but thinking, what she's doing instead is she's yeah. running fucking drugs through Harlem, which mm-hmm. Mama Mabel Damn. never would have done. Yeah. Like, Mama Mabel was not a good person. No, but, but you don't but she had sell a drugs. Yeah. Guns, fine. Prostitutes, fine. So I love how she called, what was it, heroin white china? I'm like, oh my <laughs> and god. And he called her on yeah. that. Nobody <laughs> fucking calls it white china white anymore. Blech. That's uh Also, I racist. love that dude. Um, I, I like that he's... He's the same one. He shows up in a first episode of Danny this? Rand. Um, the the dude that she was talking to about uh, heroin. Um, I, I tiny Asian guy, right? Yeah, who was? Oh shit, that's right. He called her out. Now I remember. Yeah, and yeah. he he's the same one that. Um, oh man, I forget his name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Goes to meet in first episode of season two of Iron Fist um, because he's pulling drugs in. Um, I don't remember. And also, name. he's the super cool grandpa. In that that surfer movie, and and he was the bad guy in Mortal Kombat. Wait, what surfer, surfer movie? Uh, I don't know. Where the the kid goes to Hawaii uh, to hang out with his grandpa, and his grandpa teaches him to surf, and he was that grandpa. I think legitimately the only one I'm thinking about is the one with Ernie Reyes Jr. and um, that guy who's terrible who was in Animal Man or whatever. Wasn't there one called Surf Ninjas? Surf Ninjas. That's what I'm thinking of. And they do Moto Surf, um, and he's like a secret prince from somewhere, and it's like an amazing trash. Film. I don't appear eh, appreciate you putting terrible anywhere near Surf Ninja. I said amazing. Ma'am. Surf Ninja is an amazing film it's, of garbage. It is a dumpster it fire. Is a dumpster and I love fire it. Fire of awesomeness. I fucking that one and Three Ninjas. I yeah, think it's like three ninjas. fucking there. Fucking We should rewatch that. I saw a Tumblr post. Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. There we go. No. Johnny Tsunami. I saw a Tumblr post, <laughs> which was the, the masks that the three ninjas wore in Three Ninjas, and went, only 90s kids will get this. And I was like, motherfucker, what? Three ninjas! <laughs> three ninjas! Do you know there's a Three Ninjas too? I did know that. We should watch Three Ninjas again. <laughs> I used to own it. Should we? Yes, obviously. We should have a Three Ninjas slash Surf Ninja night. I'm I'm Okay. But thank you. You're invited. Uh, if I invited him, we were going to tie you to a chair and tape your eyelids. Oh, open. no. I'm super racist. Yeah, Clockwork Orange. It's no. not the same guy. Oh, oh no. Well, this is awkward. God, how good was Surf Ninja, though? 
<laughs> anyway, I, honest, I don't remember let's, anything. Let's about get it. back. Well, they they surfed and they were ninjas. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's all I remember. Uh, let's it get back on was track. So terrible. Um, Bushmasters shot twice in the gut, taken to his aunt. Oh my god! Can I tell you how much I did not care about all that stuff with Bushmaster and his like bro and Tilda. Like, fixing him and his, like... Oh, we keep getting those flashes money. of, like, oh, I'm gonna die, because, like... Oh, he's not gonna die. Put more stuff on him. He'll be... Fu-. I'm like, move forward. I also, I was vaguely amused by... They keep talking about how this plant is so rare and all this other stuff, and then she's just smearing it all over. Yeah, oh, like, I know. It's like, look, if it's that rare, like... The last maybe, like, of it... paint it yeah, in a bit and more. and she just, like, puts a huge blob <laughs> on one wound, and I was like, what the fuck is that? She's wearing gloves. Yeah. She could very easily, like, Poke fingertips in. on each wound with yeah. a little bit of the plant. Fucking show. We're watching you. Do better. All right. Let's, let's <laughs> and, wrap this up. I and think move that's on. pretty much it. Uh, we, I think it actually ends with, uh, with Shades Shane. surrendering to Misty. Just, he just comes so. out. I like how he appears out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. She goes for his gun, her gun, and she, he literally goes, I'm not here for that. And then he, <laughs> puts, he puts his hands out. And she's like, what? And what? lets him cuff her. Yeah. Lets her I would cuff, cuff Shades. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Girl. He can be my boyfriend now. Mm-hmm. Aw. Mm-hmm. Well, he's I just, probably I really, going to jail. I really just want him I'll to write just, him letters. I want him to text me every day and tell me I'm a queen and that I the that I, I can take over the world. <laughs> like, literally, men if, men or women, if you're looking for a girlfriend, that's all you need to do. Just every day, random times, text her that she's a queen and she can rule the world if she wants. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on that note, uh, Erp O'Clock? Erp O'Clock. Erp O'Clock. This episode was super mean, and I did not appreciate it. It was... Though I... I loved it. I was happy, because I was confused, and then I felt vindicated. It was It was confused. a live-die repeat episode, because and I'm yeah, all for loop. that. Yeah, time loop. But, like, it opened, and they're straight up, like, romantic, and, like, oh, in bed together. Oh, I was so I was confused. Like, I, like, did we miss an episode? I went back and watched the end of the previous episode just to make sure I yeah. didn't super miss and I was something. Like, what the sh-? And then it turns out, nope, not really. Nope, went, nope. Yep, in their brains. Right. That feels right. Though there was a moment when um, they're they're in the second level of the Inception, not the sexy time level, but the part where they still think they're free. And she's like, oh, yeah, us in bed together, that wouldn't make any sense. And he kind of goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah none That sense. would be so ridiculous. That would be so weird. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. I see you, Doc. Yeah. It was it was interesting watching her though because you see her struggling and how hard it is and how she's she's really she's really it's getting to her, but the she doesn't start to break until after she thinks she's won and then she has to go all the way back to the beginning. Again. Oh yeah, which that shit was insidious. I'm like, yes, that that shit will break your mind. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you I don't know how hope. many loops I'd last. At least twelve. You'd have to take like every fourth loop off. You should just stay in the basement. Oh yeah, just yeah, be like, like I'm out. I'm just gonna hang <laughs> cool. out here until you come and kill me. Well, cause... I mean, the pro- yeah, the problem was the floor eventually becomes lava. That's true, <laughs> and that sucks. That was funny though. <laughs> it was. The floor is lava. I love it. I think yeah, the, the part that makes this kind of this particular time loop episode not super fun is that she can't really hang out because the whole time Doc is slowly being suffocated to mm-hmm. death. So even if you take a loop off to I don't know golf through the stargate or whatever hey. uh it's it's knows her audience yeah it's not gonna be fun because you know the whole time doc is yeah dying yeah um <laughs> so yeah pretty much we just okay so i like shrugged and made a face and it's mostly because he's not slowly dying he's wrapped up outside in a tree 
And like she but doesn't know that. She doesn't know Except that. Except that my problem is if you know you're in a time loop and you know you're in a thing that's not real because you're being like put there, right? Which she does know. Wouldn't you then extrapolate that he's not actually dying? Except it kind of seemed to me that he was carrying across multiple of the loops. And maybe I just read that wrong, but... What is carrying across multiple loops? Mean? Like, because he was saying stuff like, you know, you keep keep going, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, he he wasn't resetting with her. Right, but that doesn't mean he's actually dying. Well, it guess- was all to manipulate her into doing things. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm mad that she could shake it off that first time and she could see it for what it was, which was a horrifying time loop. But then she wasn't able to make the second or third leap of all of this is to manipulate me into doing something. Sure. So I can't take any of it seriously. Well, I guess for me, if if she's physically present here in this game... She she views herself as being physically present here. So she would view him as also being physically present. And even if you're in some sort of mind game, there's no reason to think that if you die here, you won't die in real life. I guess. I don't know. It annoyed me. It's fine. It's fair. I was also annoyed by the end. I was like, you know, they're not there. I don't know. I was annoyed. You know who's not there? Waverly and Doc weren't there. They weren't in the ground. They were outside and free. Oh, yeah. Well... I I thought that her hearing Waverly was Waverly actually calling to her while they were chopping the tree up. It yeah. was. And I'm mad that, I don't know, maybe it's because she was so deep into it, maybe because she mm-hmm. was exhausted, maybe it was a lot of stuff, but like, I don't know, I'm mad, I'm mad. It, she went through that thing a lot, yo. Like, no. it, it, she probably objectively knows they weren't actually there and she was trapped in something, but that, that doesn't stop it from still, if Bolshar can trap her in something like this you know who knows what he could do to her friends and family yeah i mean obviously it sucks that she lost the gun i mean that's that's terrible um my thing about that is like she's the gun well i think it's shades of flashback also to season two where waverly gave up the the ring and it's we now have both of the sisters kind of having mirrored actions of hitting a very low point giving something up to help save their family mm-hmm. and then have to push through it. So, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Well, we'll see. I, I'm still annoyed. You can be annoyed. I'm going to be annoyed. On the I plus side, need your permit. <laughs> Waverly's got a sweet power ring stuck on her finger. Okay, so oh my God. The other thing that was annoying to me is like, everyone's panicking that it must be evil, but they're not paying attention to what it does. Right. What it actually is. Doing. Yeah. It, it melts revenants, yo. It melts revenants, but it doesn't melt anyone else. This is not the first person she's touched with the ring on the hand. Mm-hmm. This is the first revenant she's come near with the ring on her hand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I just wish that... And it's like, fine, whatever, they're characters and they're real people. But I guess I wish everyone wasn't so fucking emotional about it and could, like, look at it from, like, a logical standpoint. So a lot of the reasons I get mad... I got used to get mad in, like, Supernatural, mm-hmm. where they'd all be, like, vaguely bigoted and just make snap decisions based oh, on yeah. no actual information drives me fucking bug nuts like no one is looking at what the ring is actually doing and applying like logic to it it's just put her hand in an oven mitt i'm like it'll go through the oven mitt the oven mitt is not enough i mean hopefully (laughs) now that they see that the ring can also do good they'll they can they can look at that i'll tell you what when they're having that discussion about her and nicole I, I'm not sure I would want her to put her fingers in my vagina if it had a magic ring on it. Who knows? Yeah, what would no, I would. I would say like right hand only for the time <laughs> being. Like, yeah, just 
Hedge your bets, yo. Yeah. Oh, Monica's into the magic ring. Who knows what'll happen down there? Yeah, that's why I don't want to touch my wiener. Now your labia. Is your labia a revenant? (laughs) You don't know. I well, you should get that checked out. Yeah, you should see a doctor. (laughs) Um, It's fine. It just glows red every once in a while. (laughs) I'm just saying, it could also do good. It fixed Mercedes' face. Yeah, That's also true. Mercedes is God back. God knows Yay! what it could do I love for Mercedes. your stuff. <laughs> okay, so uh, it did <laughs> fix Mercedes' on. face. Yeah, yeah. I was I was also really glad to see that actress back and playing Mercedes again. Yeah, she's great. Mercedes is a delight. She's yeah. an asshole. Oh yeah. So I mean, she she fits in well with Winona. She's our kind of delight. Yeah. Um, and then somebody, I think it was Bobo, maybe had a throwaway line that. Bolshar's ring was the, actually Julian's ring. So yeah, we're thinking Bolshar. The reason Julian disappeared, or whatever, is at some point Bolshar like murdered him or took the. Oh, see, ring I think he's still. I think he's guarding. I think those stairways lead to the Garden of Eden. Julian's guarding it and is like a mid-tier angel or something. That that has been tasked with guarding that, and maybe the ring is a key to get in there as well, mm-hmm. which is why Bolshar had it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that, I was like, "Show, I see you," and I'm not going to believe for one second Bolshar is her father. Oh no, 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 no. No, he took that ring off of Dad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting though because they were. I remember them talking about how Bolshar was originally bound, and by Constance. And Bye-bye. Robert and um, Juan Carlo. And Juan Carlo was probably also an angel. And so the idea that maybe if we find Julian, that together the team could bind him again. Because mm-hmm. probably, I think probably he can't be killed, but he could be bound again. Yeah, just toss him back in the earth for another 150 years. Yeah, make it somebody else's problem. Yeah, because Is I... Is there a reason we can't just, like, burn him to death? I, I'm getting the feeling that he's full-on demon, so... Even if you kill him, he's just going to come back eventually. We do it like the judge. We chop him into six pieces, put each piece in a different box, we bury that box in a different corner of the universe. I don't know that they have that technology. Hmm. They, they may have to just do six different points right, on you Earth. You do the thing where you, you <laughs> cut him up into six pieces, you burn him separately, you take those ashes and you scatter them in six different rivers. Lakes, so that they can't ever come back together. There you go. Well, because the river thing is like if the pieces are moving and swirling, they can't ever co- reconnect. But lakes oh, is also a good idea. Okay. Okay. But yes, or obviously. just fucking put him in a rocket and shoot him into the sun. That would be expensive, but would work. Something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see where they go because we only have three episodes left. Oh, man. Yeah. Which sucks because, man, I love this show. It's a good time. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting cold open that we start with a fake out sex scene. Oh yeah. And then we immediately flip over to a real sex scene that turned out to be fake. Yeah, it's just fake sex everywhere. Oh. Sad day for everyone. <laughs> that second one was mean. Yeah. Yes. Cuz obviously I was they like, damn they horny. Yeah. Obviously they want to be together. They just can't get over their own shit. Mhm. Okay. Uh speaking of people who probably want to be together but can't get over their own shit, let's talk about Young Justice and how apparently oh. Connor broke up with Ms. Martian. He probably did it in one of those dumb white guy in the 90s self-sacrificing things. Oh, yeah. Where it's better for you if we're not together. Yeah. Connor, I'm you dumb dumb. I'm going to remove the choices from... No wonder she's 
dating that dumb dumb. Yeah. Oh, that guy's such a turd. <laughs> she can control him and he doesn't make decisions for her. That's why she's dating him. Yeah. And it bugs Connor. Yeah. That's why I would date that guy. That's why she makes out with him in front of Connor. Mm-hmm. I-, I got you, girl. <laughs> Yay, teenagers. So great. They make all the best decisions. Right? You guys, I have to say, I really liked season one of Young Justice, but I am enjoying the shit out of them being, like, adults almost. Yeah. Dude, Mm -hmm. this... Like, going from, like, 14-year-old Young Justice to 17 to 21-year-old Young Justice into it. Mm -hmm. It's it's great, because we really get to see how much they've grown. And how much better they are with all their shit. Yeah. She is so good at her powers now. Right? She can phase. She's doing all kinds of crazy shit. All kinds of, like, translating shit. And she's, like, moving, like, nine things at the same time while translating and flying. Like, damn! And make it visible! Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I have a crush. So we... (laughs) Uh, This whole episode, I really like, actually, that it's essentially happening simultaneous to episode one mm-hmm. because they're they're on ran while was it the the c team or whatever is With, uh, douche lagoon yeah alpha beta and gamma <laughs> yeah gamma teams over breaking into alien facilities they're actually mm-hmm. just on an alien planet which is such crap because your boy tim drake's on that team and he was great he oh yeah but i mean i feel like he's pretty new to the show he's he's new to the the robin thing be on your side with tim drake look what happens Fuck oh, no. you, Gamma wow. Team sucks. Gamma Team's awesome. Douche and Lagoon Tim is Drake the worst. did amazing with the resources he had. He's no one agrees with you because you've hurt our heart and we oh will no my longer gosh. be on your side. Tim Drake's the best. It's fine. <laughs> I don't need validation to know he is the single greatest superhero ever. Wow. In the All history right, of wow. everything. That is a hot take. That's a hot take? <laughs> that is hot like take. if you looked up hot take in the dictionary right now, it suddenly got replaced. I stand by it. I don't even that. care. Best superhero ever. All right. Listeners, anyway, let us know your favorite we're superhero. Done. We're done Unless with this. it's not Tim Drake, then don't bother telling me. Oh my God, please come up with, like, I don't know, Douche Lagoon is your favorite. Ew. <laughs> no one wants that. It's like saying Lobo's your favorite superhero. <laughs> oh my God. And it's not the I'm 90s, Lobo. so that's Stealing not okay. recovery from Lobo in the first episode. Like, Look, I. He's I the main see, man. I have to text a therapist every half hour, every half hour, so to get through fucking Lobo from episode one. That's fair. What did he call himself? The main the man! The main man! Fuck you! I love it. This episode is apparently brought to you by Talkspace. <laughs> Check out Talkspace. Oh yeah, right. Downloadable therapy app. You should, though. It's great. Um, How do we find Rob Leefield? How do we fillet him? How do we send back all and of then those pouches? Throw him into the sea. You know the frustrating thing is apparently he's just like a super nice dude. I don't care. And he I'm just destroyed like, a decade. Oh of comics. no, I know. And so many feet. Just ten years of no feet. It's man. Like I don't want to be a dick about it, but I kind of. I do. I kind of doubt that he's like a really good dude i don't think he's a good dude. yeah that's fair that's I mean, just what a lot of people maybe say he's a good dude are all of those people dudes i have no idea i am gonna go ahead and hot take of my own all of those dudes who like rob leefield are dudes i want to hear from women who know rob leefield as to what kind of a man he is oh. and then we shall decide. you know what the burden of proofs on you Okay. You, you can go I'll look that, that up. I'll yeah, that. go Let's look go it up. Find us. I'm way too lazy. <laughs> anyway, talking uh, about so we, justice. We have Superboy, Ms. Martian, and Beast Boy on Ron. Where Ran. they're Ran. Where they're hanging out with Adam Strange, who's so great. 
Who can guy's such you? a dumb dumb? He has a real thing for that scientist. Can daughter. I tell you? No, I mean, when he like introduces her and his voice goes all weird and they both get hard eyes, I was like, "Blit, what are you doing?" I really enjoyed the the side eye between Superboy and Ms. Martian. They're both like, oh, really? Well, I love even her dad's just like, this motherfucker shows up on my planet and keeps eye-fucking my daughter. <laughs> God damn it. Well, it reminds me a lot of my new favorite Tumblr post, which basically described humans as the weird sex alien for every other person in oh, the universe. Oh, yeah. He is the fucking weird sex alien. He's like, yeah, yeah hi, I'm from Earth. You want bone? Yeah, you're hot. DTF, and yo. I will definitely fuck you. Just, yeah, you know, give me basic logistics on how to get that. <laughs> so, um, what we you, what you got in there? We we have uh, Adam Strange working with Randad. I, I don't know his name. It doesn't yeah, matter. Uh, talking about how his Zeta Beam tech was taken by the Crolotians. Crolotians. Crolotians, and they need to track it back to the source. They do. A bunch show up because a gamma team kicked their asses because they're mm-hmm. led by best superhero Tim Drake, and then we have to run away because they're in big stompy robot things. Uh, Ms. Martian and Beast Boy get shot and are knocked out, and it's very sad. They kept calling each other brother and sister, and I was very confused until I remembered. Oh yeah, she gave him the blood transfusion. Yo, we had yeah. to pause the episode because I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." And right. then it turns out that his mom died, which is that was double so bummer. Sad. Yeah. And that, I was, because I, I was wondering, I was like, how is this kid on this team and where the fuck is his mother? Yeah, right. From what I remember of her, this would not have flown. I like that in that moment, though, he shifted back to, like, himself. Base human boy Gar. It's interesting that he chooses to look like Beast Boy. Mm-hmm. He, he makes that decision because he can be Gar all the time if he wants. Mm-hmm. So I find that interesting that that's what he's most comfortable yeah. as. It's so. He probably like, thinks it's dope. Yes. He probably thinks it's dope, but also Beast Boy doesn't have a dead mother. Gar has oh, a dead mother. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a mask so that he can work through whatever this is or completely ignore it. Ooh, like Batman. <laughs> uh, why have emotions when you could just put a mask on why and ignore them? When right? you can wear six inches of Kevlar and no one can see your face. When you're wearing a full mask, no one can see your tears. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's something that is written on his mirror at home. Yeah, that seems right. But yeah, it's uh, like the culture of shapeshifters is always so interesting to me. Yeah, because it's how they roll on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because fascinating. Yeah, how do you decide what your what your base is? And you know, in a in a in a society like where where gender or beauty can evolve, yeah. all the time. Fascinating. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, it's like Mystique. Mystique rolls around as a blue redhead all the time mm-hmm. if she can, which and is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's her to be naked and blue because that's where she is comfortable and she hates everyone. Mm-hmm. And like, I like your theory or whoever theory that you told me of how, um, fuck, um, the Diamond Lady. Oh, Emma. Emma, Emma Frost. Frost rolls in these like crazy outfits, but probably she's just wearing sweatpants. You know, because mm-hmm. she can control yes. how people see her, which is basically like being a shapeshifter. Yeah. Um, I'd have that hair that like cascades down your <gasps> chest and perfect, has the big curls. The perfect oh. CW curl. Yes. Yeah. I would have that hair. Mm-hmm. And then every time I put it up, it'd be a perfect messy top knot. Oh, yeah. That's what I would do. Okay. I would have hair. It would be great. <laughs> you look awesome. Oh, I, I like my look, but... I mean, I I wish I had a ginger fro. That That'd was the cool. best. 
And last but not least for this, we find out more about what the six Justice League members were up to. They were mm-hmm. apparently knocking over some yeah, shenanigans. weird civilizations and stuff. I'm a little mad at Miss Martian, the way that she said, I know what they did. Because we know for a fact that they didn't do that. Yeah, they were mind controlled. Made them do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I'm not really looking forward to her high horse and righteous anger at them when they probably feel shitty. Mm -hmm. And no one likes it. Like their body was controlled without their permission. Yeah. Well, also there was something weird that happened with Ms. Martian and one of the Krolateans, where she basically like blew up his brain. Blew up his whole brain. Can I tell you? I thought that was super awesome, and I've never been more attracted to her as a person. I mean, that's not really okay, though. Why? I don't know. It, it shouldn't... It made me feel gross. I, so. I wouldn't want her killing somebody, so I don't really want her, oh, like, see, mentally where, killing somebody. This is where we are. I don't care so much yeah. <laughs> that she killed that guy. These little shitbirds have been running around, fucking all our shit up for how long now? And, like, there's running and doing stuff and killing people, I'm sure. So, like, mm, one of them. It's fine. Yeah. Well, because, like, obviously she felt in the moment that it was going to be the most expedient course of action with our people in danger. And so to just yank all the information right out of his brain other than trying to interrogate him. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not what I got. I got that she did that and then killed him anyway because he tried to take her brother. Oh, no, because I got, like, vengeance from that. She previously established that it would take hours to be able to like sync up with them brain wise. So I thought it was she just uh that like shoved all of that into a single minute of brain time and it you know, it like fried his brain. Yeah, it left him like a vegetable. Which I don't know. I feel like if it, there was no vengeance in it, she wouldn't have been so weird. She would be like, Oh well I had you to save everybody. I'm sorry. But like the way that she like brushed off Connor, I was like, Oh she killed that guy. I mean it could have been could have been both though. That- You're not wrong. It, it gave her see. the yeah the push she needed to okay you know fuck it I'm doing this mm-hmm. I think I I think I read it as I have to do this and I'm not gonna listen to you tell me why I shouldn't have mm-hmm. so. I read it as that but I also read it as I gotta get this shit fast I'm mm-hmm. gonna get this shit and also I don't personally care if he dies and also vengeance and also don't lecture me Connor you were a murdery clone nine months ago it's been five years now what did I say nine months. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. It's been five years and nine months. Yes. I hate the way he, like, explains their relationship to people. When that girl was like, how long have you been together? And he was like, since I was born. Oh, that's I know, dude. Like, creepy that's Connor. weird. It's, that's weird. It's technically Don't true, but it's still that. weird, you yeah. You go, for a few years. You know, go, <laughs> since I was a child, she and I have been dating. Like, yeah, I was gross. born, and then four days later we were dating. Blech. That's gross. And that's also not how it happened, Connor. No. It was months of you being a dum-dum. But mm-hmm. the way he tells the story about how... I mean, obviously, the whole thing about how he will... He is aging internally, but not externally, is, like, a little rough. But... Yeah, wait, that's... so I have a question. Yeah. Does he literally mean, like, his outside body is freshly made and his inside kidneys are five years older or does he mean his whole body is freshly made but when he says internally he means emotionally i, I took it as yeah like as a person mentally and emotionally he's growing not not i like, think she thinks his kidney is five years old oh i oh, yeah i was reading it as he's aging 
like his body is aging, but it doesn't show on the outside. No, I took it as he meant like you know how you know an interview with a vampire mm-hmm. when um, Tom Cruise turned Kirsten Dunst. Oh yeah, and she was like eleven, uh-huh. and then forever she's eleven, uh-huh. but like mentally she grows and mm-hmm. her wants and desires change because she's. 35 now yeah but she's still stuck in 11 year old's body i think that's what he meant by aging internally i think he meant like oh so mentally and emotionally he's 26 but so he's so he's functionally immortal yes so like yeah it's like cap where like he will no longer age on the outside or at least it will be so slow you won't notice yeah but also he has 90 fucking years of this stuff rocketing around inside of his 22 year old body Mm -hmm. okay that's how I read it. Yeah, that's how I took it, too. For a split second, I was like, oh, no, his inside's going to die, and his body's just going to be walking around like a husk. And then I went, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? Look, <laughs> I live my life out loud. You guys get to hear it. Great. We're, we're so lucky. But can you imagine if, like, the whole inside of you was, like, just dust, and you were still, like, Superboy? No. I can't imagine that at all. Gross. Do you want I, me to describe it? More no, so I don't. Get there? Like, no, he rattles uh, a little when he does cartwheels. Great. <laughs> For me, the best part. The, the, oh, you're so gross. <laughs> get out. I'll go. This was fun. <laughs> we had a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> now I love how at the end where he talks about how I dumped her. She left me no choice. Oh, I know. <laughs> what a teenager. It made me want to crawl into the TV and slap him upside the head. I'd break my hand, but I'd do it. I would fucking do it. Dumbass. And on that note, let's talk about Preacher. <laughs> Take it away, dust body. Gross. <sighs> okay, so not that much, like, technically happened in this episode. I mean, as per usual. Um... Tulip and the angry red-headed grail lady have been sent to Japan to raid a soul warehouse so that... God, okay. this show is weird. <laughs> oh, just wait. Let me... So that Hair Star can borrow Jesse from his grandmother to be the messiah. No, that that makes sense. Yeah, that okay. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. So they're going to steal a shit to- ton of souls for grams so she can stay alive forever. Mm-hmm. Grams is in this weird... She had this weird moment where she was like, you can't leave. I think you should stay because someone's making biscuits and you love those. And he, he, like, gets soft at her. He's like, oh, Grandma, it's fine. I'm coming right back. And she goes, cool. If you don't, I'll rip you in half, shit down your throat, and make you eat it. Like, it got really violent. Oh, my God. And I was like, damn. Um. So, Harrisar and Jesse are paired together. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do, like what Hairstar needs and also become get his soul back, get Genesis back and become the Messiah. Like, he signed on to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interesting moment in the car at the end where he and Hairstar are, like, going to their final destination and basically Hairstar goes, like, I need you to promise me <laughs> that when you get Genesis back, you won't, like, make me try to, like, fuck you or, like, kill myself or you won't kill me. That, like, we're still gonna be, like, partners. Mm-hmm. You, I know you as a man stand by your word, and if you make a promise, it's a promise. So I want you to promise this to me. So Jesse like promises, which I feel like he does not follow his promises. No. Yeah, no, I feel he's pretty fast and loose with them. He's like, if he doesn't want to, he's not gonna. He likes to think that he's a man of his word, but he's not. He's not. He's not. So like that happened, and then like they're riding up the elevator to the like destination to get his soul and do the Genesis thing and whatever. 
And Hairstar at the last minute goes, I just want you to understand in this moment, I am being truthful. I am on your side. I want to be partners. I trust and believe in you. And I will always be on your side. And then Jesse's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I just need you to do one thing. And he's like, what the fuck? He goes, I need you to kill him. And then the doors open and it's that super fat, creepy, like, Pope dude who runs the grail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then okay. Hairstar pulls out a gun, puts it in Jesse's head and goes, look, I brought you Jesse Custer. And Jesse's like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's going to be fun. I'm kind of excited about next episode. B-side was all Cassidy. It was like really nice. Seeing Cassidy not around these two fucking dirtbags mm-hmm. is fascinating because I think Cassidy might be like a sweet summer child. Like he's a he's a vampire drug addict junkie, mm-hmm. but like he's a good dude. He he's hanging out with these vampires, right? The leader is like Ecclesius or Ecclesius or Ecclesiastes. Fucking, no. Something like that, though. Um, and he has all these followers, and they do this shit in the basement, like I said last time. Um, and they got into a fight because he turns humans. to And Cass mm-hmm. is like, I don't fucking play with that shit. We're mm-hmm. terrible. So he basically explains, you know, I'm not like that. This is all for the good, blah, blah, blah. And one of the people who's going to get turned explains to him, like, no, he does this thing where he turns us, and then he sends us to set up outposts across the world where we put like a sign in the window so other vampires know they have a safe space oh, in this lab, cool. like town or city and he's spreading us out to like make sure there's always somewhere you can go somewhere where you know you'll be protected and safe and try to turn people away from the idea that vampires are evil and we all want to like kill us or whatever mm-hmm. hmm. so then he's like well shit it's interesting because this feels more like an assimilation than anything else that we're not that it's uh it's like the the gentlest takeover yeah where it's like he's slowly being indoctrinated into this weird like French vampire looking cult like mm-hmm. he's fighting it but like he doesn't know they've already won so I'm watching this I'm like okay so then he ends up like being part of the turning a human like, hmm. ceremony okay she requested he do it mm-hmm. and um he and the, the classes whatever Eki go out and like hang out and do stuff and like the way that he. He talks to Cass is very like, I want us to be friends, but also like I wouldn't be mad if we boned down. And so I'm kind of like side eyeing this dude, like what is that right now? And he gets them matching coffins. Oh, he wants to bone down. <laughs> yeah, like he he goes, oh Cass, I bought you a present. Come see, and it's like a coffin next to his coffin. And Cassidy's like, what's happening? Oh, I bought you this coffin. This is how we've done it from immortal. Whatever, we've done a, th- a millennia. This is how vampires sleep. And he's like, I like beanbag chairs, bathroom floors, that kind of thing. And like, he makes a little sad face, and Cassie goes, But you know, thank you. It's very thoughtful. I appreciate his and his coffins. The gesture. That's pretty delightful. Yeah. So then they go out drinking and doing stuff because Cassidy turned that woman and then felt really guilty about it. Mm-hmm. So they go out drinking. And, um,. <clears throat> they start, he's practicing his powers now that he's had human blood. He should be able to, like, do the shapeshifty stuff and the flying oh, cool. stuff. And okay. All that. So they go flying, and then they get drinks, and Eki uses his powers to get the bartender to make out with him, who's, like, this huge bearded dude. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know you did that, but all right. So, gross, because, you know. Consent. Non-consensual, but also this dude likes dudes. Interesting. And then, like, 
cast is trying to get these two girls to do it. I'm like, this isn't great, but, like, it's a montage of training, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he helps him out, and he's like, don't do that. And then they're hanging out and, like, talking about shape-shifting and stuff. And it turns out the Black Grail member dude, who's just a walking idiot, but in love with the redhead, mm-hmm. his job from Hairstar is to capture Cassidy to use his leverage to get jesse to do what he wants Mm -hmm. so he went to this church and like used a special code and like went to the basement and there were was like a workout room with like nuns and priests and stuff just like heavy fucking lifting (laughs) like boxing bags and shit um so then he's got this group of like vampire hunters so they're out hunting oh weird so he tells them like i don't care about the shapeshifty one who's now a cat and like cuddling with Cass. I want the other one. Like, he has to. We need him alive. <clears throat> so, they get caught in, in this alley. And it's actually it's really funny. They're, like, talking. And Cassidy suddenly gets, like, a dart to the chest. And he kind of looks down and goes, ow. <laughs> and he gets hit five times, falls over. And then Eki starts to, like, fight. But they have um, uh, UV lights. Mm, so, he gets, mm-hmm. like, cornered. And then this nun comes over and, like, spits on Cassidy, which is a little bit much, lady. Like, there's no need to be rude. Um, he goes, you know what I've been doing for the last 90 years? Building up tolerance to drugs, including tranquilizers. <laughs> and then he, like, nice. pulls one from her chest, and from his chest, and stabs her in the leg with it. And my first thought was, oh, that was inside of you. It probably <laughs> should be it shouldn't be inside, inside of me. me. Um and then, like, he just pulls them all out and, like, kills everybody, but not before it looks like Eki was murdered by the sunbeam light thing. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, really sad, and I was like, oh, that sucks. But, like, I guess he can take over the coven or whatever. Nope. Uh, turns out he turned himself into a mouse and was just, like, hiding. Oh, nice. Which is so smart. I was like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretend like you burned to death and then hide in the clothes because no one's going to look for you. Um, and then... Cass is trying to shake him off and be like, oh, I can't stay here. I told you I'm being hunted. These people are a whole, like, religious cult, and they're coming after me and my friends, and I have to go. And Eki goes, no, you're wrong. They're not coming after you anymore. They're coming after us. We're in this with you. We're here together. And then they started making out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dang. That's awesome. Because I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Like, Cass watched him make out with the male bartender, but then immediately hit on two ladies. And I was like, oh, so he's, like, super straight. Mm-hmm. Which is surprising for a man mm-hmm. who does every drug he's ever met. Yeah. To not also try every type of sex mm-hmm. he's ever met. Oh, yeah. But I was like, cool. He's just that straight. It's fine. I get it. Um, nope. No. Just. No. Nah. Nice. Nah. So they, like, straight up made out. And I was like, what? Yay. And then, um, the ending scene of the episode. And... Surprised actually. Um, Eki is in a car ready to take the newly turned lady vampire to the airport so she can quote unquote fly, which means like go to the next outpost and set up shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he eats them and then kills them. Oh, there's oh. no outposts, there's no safe havens, there's no network of protection <laughs> for fellow vampires. Well, he goes on this like three minute monologue about why would I create vampires? They're disgusting. Like, dirty swine rat like he like is hardcore hating what vampires. the fuck and she at the end of it goes you're a vampire like what the fuck's happening and he goes and we're all disgusting and then he eats her and i was like what so then we see that he's taken her to his fucking killing field 
And it's literally, like, this grassy knoll next to a train, like, a train, like, line and wall near, like, old housing that's been abandoned because New Orleans and, you know, mm-hmm. just keeps getting destroyed. Um, and there's just, like, body imprints of, like, vampires he's made, eaten, and then thrown out into the sun. Oh, my God. Wow. And I'm like, you are ice fucking cold, man. So the episode ends with him coming back to the coffin room. Gazing down at like a half naked Cassidy asleep in his coffin, and I'm like, "Don't you fucking kill him! I'll kill you!" And he like crawls into the coffin with him, and then goes to like bite his neck, and I was like, "No!" They just made out, and then cuddled, and then he pulled the coffin down like they're gonna bone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Cassidy, my sweet summer child, <laughs> you can never make good friends." Nope. Why is he even? turning people in the first place then he is i believe a serial killer who didn't know he was a serial killer until he became a vampire and could successfully serial kill Mm -hmm. and probably like all serial killers correct me if i'm wrong phd beatrice yes hates himself or things inside of himself and finds in others that which he hates in order to murder it so he builds a safe space to entice people to him like any cult leader Mm -hmm. or serial killer. Mm -hmm. He's charming and soft and endearing and thoughtful, and then he gets you, makes you into what he hates about himself, and then uses it as a catharsis to get through the next month or something. Yeah, that's that's pretty dead on. You know, most serial killers who, like, have a specific type, they can't kill that person that they want to kill, so they kill replicas their of them. mother a girlfriend a boyfriend they can't kill that person so they so he can't kill himself because he obviously mm-hmm. has self whatever that is where you like you can't do it like you want to die but you won't ever do it no oh, yeah so he just kills facsimiles of himself mm-hmm. great yeah i'm so bummed out because cassidy is finally kind of like blossoming like yeah he's clean and, has <laughs> and he's gonna cl- find this out has, and be like oh like, different man. clothes every day and a really good like network of people who like admire and value him for the information he has instead of jesse who just kind of like listens to him when he wants to but forgets he exists yeah or tulip who only really leans on him when she needs him or wants to piss off jesse yeah so he finally has this group of people who are really great and value him and a guy that started off this relationship of you know because Cass asks, why are you doing this? Leave me alone. He goes, I thought you'd want to be friends. You're the only other person like me. I thought you would like that, too. And so this manipulative asshole just, like, found him and is, like, involving him in this, what is sure to be an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, so sad for my soft summer child, Cassidy. That sucks, dude. That guy cannot catch a break. He cannot catch a break. And the worst part, too, is, like... He started to kind of like like what it is about him about being a vampire beyond valuing that he can't be killed and valuing yeah. that he can get high on anything and he won't die, you know? And he's starting to think about all the other stuff he could be or liking himself a little bit more, which I think is Cassidy's main problem is he kind of hates himself. Mm-hmm. Not in a serial killer way, yeah. in a self-deprecating, like, insecure way. Why am I such a dirtbag? Exactly. And he's finally in a place where, like, he might not think he's a dirtbag anymore and... This guy's gonna wreck it. And I'm so sad. Yeah. That that sucks hard. That's a real bummer. Yeah. My Poor sweet Cassidy. baby Cassidy. Which is so fascinating to you, because I remember like vaguely liking him in the comics. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But the whole, like, raping Tulip thing happened, and obviously I couldn't like him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that they haven't done that to him in the show. There was a moment, remember, toward the beginning when he had, like, the love potion? And yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. But there was that moment in the car where he goes, but I love you. And she says, I don't love you. And he got out of the car and left. Yeah. So I, like, really like him, and I'm, like, emotionally invested in him. Yeah, it seems like they updated him well for modern times, I li- I which is nice. I appreciate that, because I wouldn't have thought Seth Rogen had it in him, but they're doing a good job. Cool. Actually. All right. I dig it. Thank you for contributing and letting us know. You're welcome. Okay. That was Preacher this week. And on that note, we are out of shows. We're back next week with the last two Luke Cages, which should be pretty cool. Uh, Winona Earp, more Young Justice. You know, maybe EMH, maybe Fucking we're all EMH, garbage. Yeah! <laughs> we all forgot. And then, actually, start, it won't be on next week's show, but next week, The Gifted starts back up. Oh, that's right. Which oh, I'm pretty excited for, because, yeah. man, that show got bonkers. That show is banana pants. Yeah, so that, that should be Didn't pretty cool. did end with Lorna and her super hot boyfriend, who looks like um, Oscar Isaac, but isn't Oscar Isaac... They broke up, right? Yeah, she's because like she wouldn't join evil. the Hellfire Club. Yeah, and she's not, not evil. Evil. She's she just turned to the Magneto side, and she has a different on, approach to dealing with humanity. He's mm-hmm. still on the X Men side. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. It's yeah, be it's fun. nothing the, to go wrong. Didn't the brother sister team break up too? The brother went, and the sister stayed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. So and also womp, womp. we we still didn't get like any actual definitive proof. That their ancestors, who were also were actually bad, were actually bad and mm-hmm. not just on the ostracized. run from fucking Nazis. Yeah, yeah. So I need more than circumstantial evidence. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah. they destroyed a building, but like, who was chasing them? Mm-hmm. And that looked like a ghetto in Warsaw. Mm-hmm. So okay. So on that note, though, we will see you next week, same bam time, same pal channel. <laughs> <laughs>